Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. to the Coffee and Comics Podcast. I am your host, the caffeinated Clinton Robinson. Normally, I try to keep comic reviews and discussions relatively short, roughly to the length of a coffee break. However, I have the pleasure of saying that this time around, I am participating once again in... Super For those of you who are unfamiliar with this, this is usually a theme party of sorts where various comic blogs and podcasts join together to examine different things related to a central theme. This time around is Redemption. So we'll be looking at something that I felt was somewhat redemptive, but possibly not for the reasons you may think. This time it is Green Lantern, Volume 3, Number 100. In Brightest Days Past, written by Ron Mars, pencils by Daryl Banks, inks Terry Austin, colors Rob Schwager, letters Chris Eliopoulos, and editor Kevin Dooley. And for a fair note, most of this synopsis comes from the DC Wikia site. Kyle Rayner digs himself out of rubble to find Sinestro fighting Hal Jordan in his Green Lantern garb. Kyle's appearance distracts Hal long enough that Sinestro uses his yellow power ring to cage them both. Then he tells the Lanterns that he is going to kill the Guardians. Kyle uses his ring, which has no weakness to yellow, to break out the cage, and he and Hal agree to stop Sinestro together. The lanterns fly to Oa, where Sinestro has captured the Guardians with his yellow power ring, and is gloating. Hal flies in and begins fighting Sinestro, while Kyle gets the Guardians to safety. Sinestro captures Hal and places him in a death trap. Kyle goes to save Hal, and Sinestro escapes. The Green Lantern Corps arrives, and, amid questions about his different style of uniform and some alien flirting, Kyle tells everyone he's from the future. After his story about fighting alongside the Legion in his own future, and how he got to the past, is told, Kyle um, Kyle and the Corps kind of recharge their rings at the central power battery. And Kyle is very much the voice of the readers as he fanboys about getting to recharge with the Corps. Then they go after Sinestro. Hal and Kyle secretly switch rings off-panel and manage to trick Sinestro with a situation that makes Kyle appear dead while Hal manages to use his ring against Sinestro's yellow constructs. They capture Sinestro and take him back to Oa. Once there, the Guardians devise a way to send Kyle back to the future. But at the last minute, Sinestro wills a construct which pushes Jordan through the time portal 
sending him to the future as well. I know that was a real quick run through of this exercise issue, but honestly, a lot of it is, um, well, we'll get to that after a promo break. Star Trek. Comic books. Mythology. Video games. Toys. Star Wars. Just about any geeky topic you can think of could be covered on the Hammer Podcast, presented by two true freaks. Come join me, Gene Hendricks, for whatever my disjointed mental processes can come up with, and be careful, or you might just learn something before we're done. The Hammer Podcast is available monthly, both on its own iTunes feed and at twotruefreaks.com. And we're back. Okay, so, before I hop right into everything, full disclosure here, this is the book that brought me back to collecting comics, so I am very biased on this review. Long story short here, I dropped out of the comic scene for a few years after most every comic I was collecting was either cancelled, or the stories just went nowhere so I dropped them, or they literally priced themselves out of what I justified paying for them. How dare a comic be $2.25, right? That's right! But I happened to stop by a bookstore one day looking for some used classics or buying Magic the Gathering cards or something. You know, whatever it is that teenage people buy. You're an idiot. They happen to have a poster advertising Green Lantern number 100 showcasing the cover. And I just knew I had to buy this book. And given the cliffhanger ending, I of course was hooked enough to buy the following five issue storyline. And from there I was buying GL each and every month. And this did not stop for years. So needless to say, it worked on me. Normally I don't start with the cover. In fact, most of the time I ignore it completely in favor of the story. But we can't pass this thing up. Kyle and Silver Age style Hal side by side, rings ablaze with an amalgamation of their lantern symbols in the background. This was a Green Lantern fanboy's wet dream. Anybody even 2% interested in either character could look at this image and be drawn to the book. The cover is still easily a 15 out of 10 because I'm not sure how anybody can resist buying a copy. Heck, I still own a copy of the book and I'm tempted to go buy another copy just from looking at it. So, looking at the story, this is one of the great team-ups. It's everything you ever wanted during this era of Green Lantern. Hal was on record as being a hero-turned-villain who gave up his life in an act of redemptive heroism at this point. But with Hal dead, you know, at least for now, he wasn't going to go team-up with Kyle. You know, I don't want to see Kyle and Zombie Hal. But this, this was awesome! And with the way the ending goes, it was honestly making fans look at it like Hal might actually be coming back to the present era GL again. 
how that would work without causing all kinds of time anomalies, I'll never know. But comic fans tend to ignore paradox for whatever they actually like, I guess. Okay, okay, okay. So, some nitpicks. I never noticed it back at the time, but letter writers sure did. Past Hal can use Kyle's ring. At this point, it was established that only people of the Rainer bloodline can use Kyle's ring. I don't remember the official DC answer. But my terrible fanboy answer is that since Kyle was in an era of multiple rings, his limitation no longer worked. Whatever. Comic book science. If we're going to argue that, then how do you justify Hal's ring protecting him against lethal attacks? Hmm? Can't that ex machina? So hush. In the end, this is a story meant to entertain and make fans, like me, go nuts over the sheer premise. I mean, come on! This is like when two or more of the Doctors team up on Doctor Who. It doesn't have to make 100% of sense in continuity, so long as it's fun. That's the point. It's a fun story. It helped move the narrative along in a way that brought in fans that hadn't been reading the book since Kyle took over. So, aside from the potential redemption of the characters, since I need to tie this back into the redemption theme, this issue was a redemption for me as a comic book fan, especially as a Green Lantern fan. That's right, as I said before, I had been out of comics, but this drug me back in hardcore. Turns out I'd gotten out right at the wrong time, because I missed Morrison's JLA and all that other fun stuff that came right then. But this book alone showed me the error of my ways. I knew from this alone that DC was back, and was going stronger than ever. I dove back into comics headfirst, and never looked back. My nerdy soul had been redeemed. So yeah, if you've never read this, I highly suggest picking it up. And 101 through 106. It's all collected in the um, out-of-print trade, Green Lantern Emerald Knights, but... Those Kyle traits are slowly getting up there. Honestly, from 100 on, it's some of the best Green Lantern stuff you will ever read. And yes, I'm including the stuff just right after this, when Jade is Earth's GL. But that takes too long to explain. Just grab it all seven onward, and you'll really want to know. You'll, you'll figure it out, trust me. But even if you really aren't a Hal Jordan fan, and I know many of you aren't, I think we can all agree. It's fun to read a story where somebody outsmarts Sinestro and all that kind of shenanigans. So seriously, get out there, read this, and just enjoy for what's in store for you. Okay, time for one more break and some listener feedback. I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren of the Rad Adventures Network. We're a married couple who enjoy great stories of all kinds, including adventures, mysteries, science fiction, and fantasy. Please join us for a variety of podcasts focused on a range of pop culture topics. Trekker Talk is about 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the comic Trekker by writer and artist Ron Randall. It's a blend of classic sci-fi adventures and noir mysteries set in a retro future. 
Xenozoic Xenophiles is about the comic Xenozoic Tales by writer and artist Mark Schultz. It's a post-apocalyptic adventure series filled with Cadillacs and dinosaurs. Warlord Worlds covers the many comics of writer and artist Mike Grell, including The Warlord, John Sable, Green Arrow, and The Legion of Superheroes. Sensational Sluice, where we talk about favorite mystery novels, movies, and TV shows. Fantastic Fantasies, where we share our favorite fantasy films and books. And Amazing Adventures, where we discuss action-packed adventure stories. Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or visit RadAdventuresNetwork.com to find all of our shows and links to our social media pages. That's Rad, R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. Welcome back. Last episode got Twitter favorites and retweets from Martin Gray, Laurel of the uh, Feathers and Foes podcast, Sean Ross of the Secret Wars and Beyond podcast, the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network, Paul Matthew Carr, Professor Frenzy of the Professor Frenzy Show, Dr. Ange, Bill Bear, Justice's First Dawn, Comics in the Golden Age, Logan Endgame, Dr. G, Man of Nerdology, Steve Lotta, Wonder Woman Warrior for Peace, Waiting for Doom Podcast, Gal Walks Into a Comic Shop, Warlock Thanos Podcast, Rad Adventures Podcast Network, Arsenio G. Arbolado III, J. Jones Goldstein, Doug Zavisha, Kyle Benning, Luke Dobb, Zach Sally, Firestorm Fan, and Con L. On Facebook, we got likes and shares from Gene Hendricks, Bob Rowland, Pat Sampson, Alan Middleton, Ivan Chudley, Michael Allen Carlisle, and Ruth and Darren Sutherland. On Twitter, we got a little bit of feedback from Professor Frenzy, who said that this was a fun episode. Uh, Laurel said that she enjoyed last year's episode, so she was looking forward to this one. And then she followed it up with, Nice change of pace to have the thing act as a detective. And how cute to get his final clue from Mole Man's grandma. I only wish I could see Namor dressed as Santa for myself. What a story. Well, as I told Laurel on Twitter, I do put up a few images from each issue on the website. I know I've kind of neglected to mention that in the past, so sorry, uh, kind of dropped the ball, my fault, sorry, but for reference, I do put up images from each issue on the website, which is coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, and finally, we got one more thing from Sean Ross who said, capping off a great year with a great episode. Well, thanks, Sean. I really appreciate it. I appreciate everybody's feedback, all the likes and shares and everything else. All right, so just so everybody can follow along with Superblog Team Up, check out some of the other blogs and podcasts involved. Other members joining in include Two Staple Gold, Comic Reviews by Walt, 
the Superhero Satellite, Comics Comics Blog, Longbox Review, Between the Pages Blog, The Unspoken Decade, Black, White, and Bronze, The Redemption of Red Sonia in Savage Sword of Conan number one. I believe that's Black, White, Bronze Comics. Uh, the Daily Rios. Chris is on Infinite Earths. Crapbox Son of Cthulhu. In My Not So Humble Opinion, which is Benjamin Herman's blog over on WordPress. The Retroist. And the Source Material Comics Podcast. Do please check those people out. I, they all do great work. Far better than what you're going to hear here, I'm sure. But. You know, definitely check everybody out. They have great takes on the redemption idea. And, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I just, I can't, <laughs> I can't pimp their stuff enough. All right, I guess that does it for this time around. I do appreciate you sticking with me. Be sure and check out everybody else on the Superblog team up. Follow that hashtag on, on Twitter. And just remember... This is the place where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg. must understand, Earthling, the Green Lantern Corps is a privileged organization. Not just anyone can join. There are tremendous commitments. Each Lantern is responsible for patrolling one of 3,600 sectors of the universe. But... Sort of like one cop per precinct. Uh, yes, I, I suppose. My uncle was a cop. Yes, fine, but... 30 years on the Coast City Police Force used to let me turn on the siren. Nice guy. But more than that, the Green Lantern Ring is a complex tool. It takes someone with fierce concentration. I think I pretty much got the hang of it. He's got the hang of it. Ranakar. Why are we even entertaining this? He's a human. Yes, hard to get past that. I'm afraid the human race of Earth does not have the most stellar reputation. The fact is, humans are crude, base, fearful, and untrustworthy. And then there's the smell. You can't condemn an entire species. You've said it yourself, Canthit. It's a wonder they've lasted this long. Maybe you'd like me to list their atrocities. Maybe our human can help us. Maybe he has a few of his own. Listen, buddy, I didn't ask for this ring. You want it back? Take it, because I've had just about enough of this crap. Well, it appears we can add impertinence to their many qualities. The human has a point. 
If he were as unworthy as everyone says, no power in the galaxy could have forced that ring on his finger. Yet there it is, at one with him.